Jeremiah chapter 9 is where we'll be. Really kind of all in this area, chapters 7, 8, 9, and 10 tonight. Jeremiah 9, drop drop back if you would, probably just a couple of pages uh, to Jeremiah chapter number 7, verse number 1. Jeremiah is preaching a message. We've seen this before, we've referenced some of these verses before. But I do want to remind us where Jeremiah is preaching this message. Jeremiah chapter number 7 verse 1, the Bible says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house. Where is he preaching this at? He's preaching in the gate of the temple. Stand ye in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah that enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Understand the setting. He's going to the gate of the temple to confront people who in their minds are going to the temple to worship the Lord. But they're not really worshiping the Lord. The Bible says that their mouth speaks about God, but their hearts are far from Him. And so they are going to the temple and they're going to supposedly worship, but they're not worshiping. And God sends Jeremiah to the gate of the temple to preach. So why does He do that? We, we would look at people like that today and say, how rude, right? How rude to go to the doors of another church and preach. So why did God send Jeremiah to that specific place to preach? Look, if you would, at verse number 27. I understand we're skipping a lot of context, but... Verse number 27, Therefore thou shalt speak all these words unto them, but they will not hearken to thee. Thou shalt also call unto them, but they will not answer thee. But thou shalt say unto them, This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God. But pastor, they're going to the temple to worship. That's right, but they're not obeying God's word. What is the greatest expression of worship? It's obedience. Obedience is the greatest expression of worship to a righteous, just, holy God. And they're going there, and they're making pretense, but they're not worshiping. In their hearts, they're not obeying God. And he says, look, you you need to tell them, but thou shalt say unto them, this is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God. Notice this, nor receiveth correction, truth, 
is what? Perished. And is cut off from their mouth. Chapter number 9, verse number 1. See, the message is still continuing in chapter number 8, in chapter number 9, in chapter number 10 as well. And the message in the gate of the temple goes for four chapters. Chapter 7, 8, 9, and 10. In chapter number 9, he said, Oh, that my head were waters, and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Exclamation point. Emphasis. Passion. Oh, that I had in the wilderness. Notice what Jeremiah says here. A lodging place of wayfaring men. I wish I had a cabin out in the woods. I wish I had a place where I could go to get away from these folks. That I might leave my people and go from them. Why? Jeremiah, you're the preacher to these men. You're the preacher to these people. Why why would you want to do that? Why why would you want to find you a place out in the middle of the woods, a cabin, all alone, a place for wayfaring men where people stop, where they need a place to sleep? Why would you want to do that? Because he says here, for they be all adulterers, an assembly of treacherous men. Spiritual adultery, that was their sin. They were worshiping other gods. For they be all adulterers, an assembly of treacherous men. And they bend their tongues like their bow for lies. And we've referenced this verse numerous times. But they are not valiant for the truth. But they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth. For they proceed from evil to evil and they know not me saith the Lord. But pastor, they're going to the temple to worship. Yeah, but they didn't know the Lord. They went in pretense. They went because, hey, this is what we do. They went because, hey, this is what we feel like we ought to do. And by the way, we, sometimes we, we have to do things that way, don't we? Because sometimes we don't feel like doing it, do we? But they're just going. They're going and they're going and they're going and their heart is nowhere close to God. God said they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth. For they proceed from evil to evil and they know not me, saith the Lord. And tonight, for the next few moments, I just want to preach to us on five characteristics of a soldier of truth. Five characteristics... We find them all right here in these chapters, chapters 7, 8, 9, and 10. Five characteristics of a soldier of truth. What do we need? We need truth. John chapter number 14, verse number 6, Jesus says, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 17, 17, excuse me, 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. What is truth? Thy word is truth. 
What does our world need today? It needs the Word. It needs truth. It needs the Word of God. And in this auditorium tonight, we have individuals, young and old, who need to be soldiers of truth, who need to go to their workplaces, who need to go to their family get-togethers, their family outings, and speak truth. Pastor, you know at family outings, you're not supposed to talk about politics or religion. We're not talking about religion, we're talking about truth. People need truth. And by the way, you don't have to be obnoxious about it. I have found, I have found that if you will simply stay with truth, and if you'll do it even in a very loving way, people that don't like truth, they'll leave you. See, I don't ever have to walk away from anybody. Because the truth is, when I stick to the truth, they leave me. They don't want to have anything to do with me. It's not that I have to shun them. It's that they shun me. Because you're staying with the truth. And so we speak the truth in love. Because we need to be soldiers of truth. And I want to give you tonight five characteristics of a soldier of truth. Let's pray. We'll get right into the message tonight. Father, once again, as we come to you tonight, as we do every time we come to this place and come to this moment in our service, Father, we want to stop, not because it's just what we're supposed to do, but Father, we want to stop. And our desire is to acknowledge the fact that we need you. Our desire is to acknowledge that without you, the arm of flesh is likely to get in the way. And Lord, so I pray that tonight, every single one of us, the speaker and the hearers alike, Father, that we would put away the arm of flesh, that we would be yielded to the Spirit. And Father, that we would hear you tonight. That we would be attentive. And Father, that we would have a desire to truly be a soldier of truth. Father, I pray for those that might be here tonight that have never come to the saving knowledge of Christ. He's the way, He's the truth, He's the life. No one's ever going to get to you without the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, if there's one here tonight who is trying to make their own way, Father, may they see that there's only one way. And may they come to the Lord Jesus Christ and cry out for Him to save them tonight and have the blood of Christ applied to their lives tonight. Father, for believers tonight, I pray that we would pay close attention to these passages and these chapters, these verses, and these characteristics that we're going to look at tonight. Father, I pray that we would have a desire to have these characteristics in our own lives so that we would not fall by the wayside 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road or even maybe in a year. But Father, that we'll have these characteristics that will permeate our lives so that in years to come we'll still be standing with truth. There's nowhere else to stand, Father. We know that tonight. So, Father, may you, be, may you give us the grace that we need to be soldiers of truth tonight. Father, I pray for these children that are here tonight and the teenagers that are here tonight. Father, even right now, may you put it in their hearts 
May they pay close attention tonight. May they take notes tonight. May may a young man tonight say, Lord, I want to be a soldier of truth. I know I'm just a young man, but one day I'm going to have a family. One day I'm going to be a father. One day I'm going to be a husband. Lord, I want to be a soldier of truth in my family. I want to be a soldier of truth in my community. I want to be a soldier of truth in my church. So Lord, help us to pay close attention tonight. Give us the grace that we need. And Father, we'll thank you for it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. The Bible says here in Jeremiah 9, verse number 3, they were not valiant for the truth. That word valiant, it carries the idea of prevailing. It carries the idea of strength, to have strength. It carries the idea of showing oneself mighty. Valiant for the truth. What does an individual, if he wants to be a soldier of truth, what... What does he need to, what needs to characterize his life? I submit to us first of all tonight that a soldier of truth is first armed with God's Word. Is armed with God's Word. Take your Bibles again and look at chapter number 7. We already spoke, we already read these verses, but chapter number 7 verses 1 and 2. A soldier of truth, first and foremost, is armed with God's Word. And you say, Pastor, you're not telling... That, that's nothing new. I know that tonight. Okay, but here's the question. Do we leave our homes every day? Do we get up every day? Do, do we leave the house or whatever we have on the, the agenda or the schedule that day? And do we walk into the midst of this world who needs truth? Do we walk into the midst of this world armed with God's Word? The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter number 7, verse number 1, The Word, the Word that came to, excuse me, came to Jeremiah from who? Whose word is it? It's from the Lord saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, Hear the word of who? Of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah, that enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. A soldier of truth first and foremost... We might say, well, there, there might be another one of these characteristics that's greater. But listen, you'll never be a soldier of truth if you're not armed with the truth. You'll never be a soldier of truth if you don't know the truth. I'll never be a soldier of truth if I am not armed with God's Word. If I don't know what it says, if I don't study it, if I don't submit myself to it, if, if I'm not sharpened in it, if I'm not skilled with it. Hey, we, 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 go, to, uh, we go to academy when we start running out of bullets, don't we? Or we go somewhere, or maybe get online, Palmetto State Armory. Pastor, I know, I know where you shop. And we order shells. It doesn't do any good to have a gun with no shells. You might be able to beat them over the head with it. But you want to have some bullets, right? Shame, shame, shame on us. When we have the truth and we walk out into a world unarmed with the truth. We don't know it, we don't study it, we don't memorize it, we don't have it hid in our hearts. Truth, 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 truth. Pastor, why why are you going to do this program with the kids on Sunday afternoon? It's just another opportunity. They're here, they're in there playing in the gym, and I'm not against them playing, but but while they're they're in there playing, why why don't we study the Word of God a little bit more? Why don't we put the Word of God in their hearts a little bit more? Because here's the truth, there may come a time in the United States of America when they may not have a copy of the Word of God. Maybe they, 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 they're going to need to have it hid 
in their heart. They need to seek it because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter number 2, verses 4 and 5, that the Word of God is more valuable than silver. It's more valuable than hid treasures. And because of that, we're supposed to seek it and we're supposed to search it out. The soldier of truth, first and foremost, is armed with God's Word. He's got to read it. He's got to study it. He's got to, got to know what it says. He's got to, got, to be, um, he's got to be skilled in it. We live in a day of biblical illiteracy. And I don't say that in a condemning manner whatsoever. We're biblically, excuse me, biblically illiterate simply because we don't study. It's not that we're, we're dumb. It's just that we don't study. We're simple. We just, and by the way, we do this in many areas of our lives, not just spiritually and not just with the Word of God, but we take everybody's Word as if it's gospel instead of going and studying ourselves. We do that in politics. We do that with the media. You know, it used to be when I was growing up, you had three channels. You had ABC, NBC, CBS, That's pretty, and, and you had, uh, oh, what's that other crazy one too? PBS. Public Broadcasting Service. They are funded by the federal government. So, who do you think they're going to side with? Just kind of makes sense, doesn't it? When I was growing up, that's what you had. And so, 5.30 at night, you know, you'd turn it on and you'd get the nightly news and that's what you got. And even back then, most people just, that's what they consumed. And they took it as gospel. Not knowing there's a hidden agenda. And boy, today, it's really not even hidden. It's just there. And we still consume it. And we still take it as gospel. Instead of studying ourselves. And we do that many times with the Scriptures. We take, Look, I, I'm going to do my absolute best to give you truth, but you ought to study it out. You ought to say, hey, did Pastor give us truth today? Is what he said right from the Word of God today? I, I'm, I'm not afraid of you doing that. You ought to do that. The, the Catholic Church, the reason they didn't want the commoner to have a Bible, because when the commoner had a Bible, they lost their power. Look, I'm not worried about power. There's one who has all power. That's all that matters. And we just simply want to know truth. What does this word say? Because we have kids who are growing up that they probably... Are not probably, they are the minority now. And they're going to have to come to a, a decision and a commitment in their own lives. Hey, I may be the minority, but that's okay. If I'm with God, I'm not a minority. And I'm going to come down on God's side, not on the side of what this world says. And so number one tonight, a soldier of truth must be armed with God's Word. Let me give you number two. Actually, no, no, no. Before we go, let me, let me give you a couple other passages real quickly. And I'll move quickly on these other four. Look at chapter number 9. Look at chapter number 9. Must be armed with God's Word. Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 13. The Lord saith, because they have forsaken 
my law which I set before them. Remember this morning in Acts chapter number 7? Man, they were just all up in arms. This Jesus of Nazareth, He's going to change everything that Moses set up. And what does Stephen say? You didn't even listen to what Moses said. He, he, the, 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 the oracles were presented to you from the disposition of angels. And you still wouldn't obey them. You're not worried about that. You're just worried about something different. And here in chapter number 9, verse number 13, it says, And the Lord saith, Because they have forsaken my law which I set before them, and have not obeyed my voice, neither walked therein, but have walked after the imagination of their own heart, and after Balaam, which their fathers taught them. Chapter number 10 and verse number 11. Thus shall you say unto them, The gods that have not made the heavens and the earth, even they shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. He hath made the earth by His power. He hath established the world by His wisdom, and hath stretched out the heavens by His discretion. When He uttereth His voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens, and He causeth the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He maketh lightnings with rain, and bringeth forth the wind out of His treasures. Every man is brutish in his knowledge. Every founder is confounded by the graven image. For his molten image is falsehood, and there is no breath in them. You know what Jeremiah is telling them? God gave you the Word. God gave you His Word. And you would not obey it. And not only that, but you went after false gods. Acting as if... The false gods could teach you something. And look again what he says there in verse number 14. He says, every founder is confounded by the graven image. For his molten image is falsehood. Every founder, every person that that puts that, that metal or something in a foundry and creates this false god, there's nothing it could do for them. And they're confounded by it, and there is no breath in them. Soldier of truth is armed with God's Word. But number two, look at chapter 7 again. Number two tonight, not only is he armed with God's Word, but secondly, the soldier of truth amends his ways. The soldier of truth amends his ways. Notice in verse number 3, Verses 1 and 2, Jeremiah is to go to the gates. Verse number 3, what is he supposed to say? Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. What's the word there? Amend. Amend your ways and your doings and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Hey, if you'll amend your ways, you'll get to stay in Jerusalem. You'll get to stay in this place. A soldier of the truth, he's armed with God's Word, but also he amends his ways when he does something wrong. When he does something against truth, he is quick and immediate to amend his ways. What what, what does the word amend mean? Anybody know? To make right. If you've ever done a tax return or had someone else do a tax return for you, if they do it wrong or if you do it wrong, what do you have to file? You have to file an amended return. Because you have to file a return that makes the other one right. It fixes the one that you did wrong. When I was first, my first job as an accountant, or with an accounting degree, one of my first, I think it was the first month that I was there, I put a decimal place in the wrong place on a tax return. How do you not catch that? Because instead of 1.2 million, 
it became 12 million. My boss, very lovingly, about a month and a half later, when the return came back, he walked into my office, just laid it on my desk. He said, I think you want to amend that. I think you want to amend this return. Put the decimal in the wrong place. Makes a big difference, doesn't it? I had to amend that return. I had to make it right. Can I tell you tonight, sometimes in our Christian lives, because of our flesh, we put the decimal in the wrong place. And we have to amend some ways. We have to get some things right with God. And here's the bad thing. So many Christians today are so pious and proud, they don't want to acknowledge when they do anything wrong. They don't want to acknowledge when uh, husbands, when they do something wrong against their wives or wives against their husbands or children against their parents or parents against their children or church members against each other. We don't want to acknowledge it. Because hey, if we acknowledge that, that's an acknowledgement of weakness. Yes, we are weak individuals. We're flesh Psalm 78, we're dust. God knows that and He's gracious and He's merciful. We just ought to acknowledge that. A soldier of truth, he's armed with God's Word, but then he amends his ways. Look at verse number 9. Verse number 9 of chapter 7. Will you still murder and commit adultery and swear falsely and burn incense unto Baal and walk after other gods whom ye know not and come and stand before me in this house which is called by my name And say, we are delivered to do all these abominations. That sounds like some churches today. We have grace. And so we can make our church house look like a place of foolishness. We can make our church house look like a club or a bar. I never understood... Why a church wanted to take a building that had lights and that had nice paint and take it and take the lights out and paint it black. By the way, where did you get that? You got it from the world. And he says here in verse number 10, he said, you're going to come in this place. Now remember again where Jeremiah's preaching. He's preaching at the gates of the temple. He said, you're going to come and you're going to stand before me in this house, which is called by my name. And you're going to say, we're delivered to do all these abominations? Is this house, verse 11, which is called by my my name, become become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. You know what the soldier of truth does? First of all, he is armed with God's word. But secondly, he amends his ways. And by the way, Jeremiah confronts them in verses 9 through 11. You're going to come in this house and you're going to do this? You're going to serve Baal? You're going to serve Ashtoreth? And you're never going to acknowledge that and get it right? We read it in verses 27 and 28 at the beginning. He said, look, this is a nation that will not obey. This is a nation that will not acknowledge me. That will not acknowledge my word. Listen, there are times we're, we're, we're all going to mess up. We're all going to put the decimal in the wrong place. Just amend it, get it right and go forward. Amend it, confess it, acknowledge it, repent of it, and get it right. A soldier of truth, he has God's Word, and then he listens to it, he submits to it, and when he goes against it, and when he transgresses against it, he says, you know what, I need to get that right. It's hard to have fellowship with someone who doesn't want to get something right, isn't it? 
You ever had family members like that? It's hard to have fellowship, isn't it? When they don't want to get things right. When they're so proud and puffed up in their own hearts that they don't want to ever acknowledge anything that they have done. It's always somebody else. It's always somebody else that's done something against them. And things will never be right until they acknowledge who they are. The soldier of truth is armed with God's Word. He is, excuse me, he amends his ways. Let me give you number three, and this goes along with amending our ways. But thirdly, a soldier of truth is ashamed of his wickedness. Look at chapter number 8, verse number 9. He is ashamed of his wickedness. The Bible says in Jeremiah 8, verse number 9, The wise men are ashamed, they are dismayed and taken low. They have rejected the word of the Lord, and what wisdom is in them. Therefore will I give their wives unto others in their fields to them that shall inherit them. This is just, this is just a reference to what's going to happen when Babylon comes and takes Judah captive. I'll give their wives unto others in their fields to them that shall inherit them. For every one from the least, even unto the greatest, is given to covetousness from the prophet... Even unto the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. For they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Verse number 12. Were they ashamed? Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? What's the next word? Nay. Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore shall they fall among them that fall in the time of their visitation. They shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Were they ashamed? No. They, they didn't even blush at what they were doing. Listen, when, when I'm in sin, I ought be ashamed of that sin. And again, we live in a day where well, we, we shouldn't shame anybody. We shouldn't, we shouldn't make anybody feel guilty about what they've done. Are you kidding me? My guilt and my sin sent Jesus Christ to the cross of Calvary. I ought to feel guilt about that. I ought to be ashamed of that. And instead today, we just say, well, bless their heart. No, no, bless their heart. You need to get that right. You ought to be ashamed of that. You ought to be ashamed of walking out of the house looking like that. You ought to be ashamed of that. You ought to be ashamed of acting like that. You ought to blush, but we don't blush anymore. There's no sensitivity to sin anymore. We have been desensitized to sin. And so now we can do the things that we do in our nation, and there's no blushing. Who would have thought? In our minds, it makes perfect sense. In our minds... It blows our minds. We don't understand how can a mom and a dad take their little ones and sit them in front of an individual who has no idea who they are and let them dance around and prance around half-dressed and do provocative actions in front of little bitty children and say it's a family-friendly drag show. We understand that is absolutely ludicrous. And we ought to be ashamed as a nation of that. But the world doesn't understand that. Why? Because there is no shame for sin anymore. Romans chapter 1. 
It's been given over to a reprobate mind. Look, a soldier of truth is going to be armed with God's Word. When he does wrong, he's going to amend his ways and he's going to be ashamed of his wickedness. He's going to be ashamed of it. God, help us tonight to be ashamed of sin. Our children ought to be ashamed when they do wrong things. I'm I'm not, well, I'm not even going to say it because I I don't want to embarrass anyone tonight. We ought to be ashamed of our sin. When a man is unfaithful to his wife, he ought to be ashamed of that. Vice versa. When children, when children back talk mom and dad, they ought to be ashamed of that. By the way, one time in my life, one time, did my mom ever slap me in the face. It's when I was a teenager. And I got angry. And I backtalked. Oh, we just don't do that. Why not? Now, I've never slapped my children. I've never felt like I had to or needed to. But my mom needed to that day. She had a 15-year-old son that was being disrespectful, that was back-talking. And she slapped me, and immediately, immediately, I knew. Hey, you better be glad it was Mama instead of Daddy. Yeah, amen. Better be glad Daddy wasn't home. I ought to be ashamed of my wickedness. Number one, armed with God's Word. Number two, amend His ways. Number three, a soldier of truth is ashamed of his wickedness. But these people weren't. That's why the Bible says in chapter number 9, verse number 3, they weren't valiant for truth because they weren't soldiers of truth. Number four, a soldier of truth is keenly aware of God's wrath. A soldier of truth is keenly aware of God's wrath. Look at chapter number 8 with me if you would. Verse number 20. Chapter number 8 and verse number 20. The Bible says the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. But the herd of the daughter of my people and my herd, I am black. Astonishment hath taken hold on me. Well, verse 22, I read this verse this morning in my Bible reading, and it just arrested my mind this morning, so much in it. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? And the idea is, yes, there is. There is balm in Gilead. There's a physician there. We have the balm of God's Word. We have the balm of truth. But he says, Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? You know why? Because they didn't want the balm. They didn't want the physician. Hold your play. Go back real quickly. Look at chapter number 5. Last two verses of chapter number 5. A wonderful and horrible, verse 30, a wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear rule by their means. And notice this. And my people love to have it so. The priest. 
or excuse me, the prophets prophesy falsely. The priests bear rule by their means, by their flesh. And then it says, and my people, there was no one that would stand up against what was going on. Because the Bible says, and my people love to have it so. Hey, in some of these churches, why don't some people stand up and say, hey, that's wrong. Hey, you ought not be doing that. Because here's the the truth, they love to have it so. Because they walk out of that church every day, they can go home, they can feel okay. No guilt, no shame, no conviction, no change, no amending of ways. And they go and they check off the box. They go to the house, they go to the the temple, they're there to worship the Lord, at least they think they are, and they can go in and they can do some semblance, pretense of worship, and they can walk away feeling good, and they go home feeling good, and they love to have it so. They love to have it so. Look at chapter number 10. A soldier of truth is armed with God's word, he amends his ways, he is ashamed of his wickedness, he is keenly aware of God's wrath. Chapter 10 and verse number 10. Jeremiah 10.10, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting King. At His wrath, the earth shall tremble and the nations shall not be able to abide His indignation. Pastor, why, why does God have to display His wrath? Because He's just. Because He's righteous. Because He's holy. But here's the wonderful thing. He loves us so much that He sent a way for us to have our sins covered and washed away and cleansed and forgiven so that now we could have the righteousness of Christ imputed on our lives And so now when God looks at us, He's not going to be wrathful to us because now He sees the righteousness of Christ. You see how it all works together? See, just because God is love and God is grace and God is mercy doesn't do away with His wrath, His justice, and His righteousness. But it all works together. And by the way, if we know the wrath of God, it ought to make the love of God mean even more to us. It ought to make the grace of God mean even more to us. That here is a God who could have rained down His wrath upon us because we absolutely deserve it. But in His mercy, He doesn't give us what we deserve. And in His grace, He gives us what we don't deserve. And He gives us salvation. And the Bible says here, the Lord is the true God. There is no other God. The God that's preached from many pulpits on Sundays is not the God of the Bible. It's a God that has come from our imagination. Not the God that has come from the truth of His own Word. He is the living God and an everlasting King. At His wrath the earth shall tremble and the nations shall not be able to abide His indignation. A soldier of truth is keenly aware of God's wrath. And by the way, on his own life and on the life of others, so he's going to keep himself right. He's going to amend his ways. He's going to be armed with truth. And he's going to help others to be the same. Because he knows the wrath that can come on them as well. Soldier of truth. He's armed with God's word. He mends his ways. He's ashamed of his wickedness. He's keenly aware of God's wrath. And let me give you a fifth characteristic tonight. Look at chapter 9 and verse 1. Number 5. He knows 
A soldier of truth knows that the answer for all of this is weeping. It's prayer. The answer for a nation who has allowed truth to fall in the streets, as I believe Isaiah says, he knows that the answer or stained teared or teared stained cheeks, excuse me. He knows the answer is prayer. If my people which are called by my name shall do what? Humble themselves and pray. Look what he says in chapter number nine. We've already read it in verse number one. Oh, that my head were waters, and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Verse 17, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider ye and call for the mourning women, that they may come, and send for cunning women, that they may come, and let them make haste, and take up a what? A wailing for us, that our eyes may run down with tears, and our eyelids gush out with waters. For a voice of wailing is heard out of Zion. How are we spoiled? We are greatly confounded because we have forsaken the land because our dwellings have cast us out. Yet hear the word of the Lord, O ye women, and let your ear receive the word of His mouth and teach your daughters wailing and everyone her neighbor lamentation. For death has come up into our windows and has entered into our palaces to cut off the children from without and the young men from the streets. A soldier of truth knows that the answer is weeping. The answer is truth. Don't, don't misunderstand, but he understands. Hey, I can give them truth and I need to give them truth and I need to be armed with God's Word, but my eyelids need to be filled with tears. The tears need to Rain down my cheeks. He says, Oh, that my head were waters and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. We need a church full of soldiers of truth. By the way, teenagers, that's you. Well, I'll be a soldier of truth when I get to be my daddy's age. Don't, you, you don't have to wait till then. David went to battle against Goliath. Saul told him, he said, you, you can't do this. You, you can't go up against Goliath. He said, Goliath has been a man of war from his youth. So why shouldn't God's people be warriors from their youth? If the enemy's warriors are warriors from their youth, like Goliath, then God's warriors, praise God for David because he was a warrior from his youth, God's warriors ought to be warriors from their youth. Well, you know, Pastor, we, just, we need to let teenagers sow their wild oats. Where in the world did you hear that? 
we just need to let them have a good time and sow their wild oats and then, you know, they'll get it right one of these days. Are you sure about that? You ever read the story of Samson? Samson grinding in the mill. Or grinding, he was the one turning the mill with his eyes poked out, gouged out. Why? Because he sowed his wild oats. Never realized the potential that God had for him. Oh, but pastor, he killed more in his death than he killed when he was alive. I understand that. But what more could he have done? That's foolishness. By the way, I, I would submit to us tonight that a statement like that, that we need to let our teenagers sow their wild oats, I submit to us tonight that that's a statement from hell. No, no, we need to teach them the Word of God. That's a statement that the devil wants us to make. Because who are they serving when they sow their wild oats? No, we, we need to teach them to love God as little ones so that they'll be soldiers for the Lord Jesus Christ from their youth. A soldier of truth is armed with God's Word. I think sometimes, I think about some of these men that have written commentaries. Thick. I think, how in the world did they do that? Because I don't feel like I have time to do hardly anything. You know how they did it? They did not allow all of the outside noise. They, they did not allow all of the temporal distractions keep them from studying God's Word. And they spent hours every day studying God's Word. They didn't have Facebook. Pastor, you against Facebook? No, but I think it's a, a distraction from the devil in many ways. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have X. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have the gram. Isn't that what the young, isn't that what the kids say? The gram. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong on that. Because I am old. Instagram. You see, they didn't have all those distractions. What do they do? They studied God's Word. And now you can run to a commentary that they wrote because they studied God's Word. He's armed with God's Word. He amends His ways. He's ashamed of His wickedness. He's keenly aware of the wrath of God. And he understands that one of the answers is weeping. Jeremiah said, oh, my eyes could be a flood of tears. Soldier of truth, that's what we need in this place tonight. And I pray that that's what we'll have, young and old alike. We need people who are going to go out during the week, at work, at home. Hey, mom and dad, it begins at home. I was listening to a preacher today. You know what? And look, I'm local church to the core. Jesus Christ instituted the local church. I'm going to tell you what, the family was here before the church was. Don't you dare lose your family. It begins there. You go home and be a soldier of truth in your home. God help us. Amen. Father, thank you for the time you've given us tonight. Stir our hearts. Challenge us. Help us to be valiant for the truth.
Help us to fight for truth. Help us to be soldiers of the truth. Help us to be armed with Your Word. Help us to know it. Father, none of us tonight know it as well as we could. And Lord, I I say that knowing that there are individuals in this room tonight who are very astute and very studied in Your Word. And I know that tonight. But Lord, even at that, we, we can all study more. there's always more that we need to know from Your Word. And Lord, I pray that You'd help us to do so. Give us the grace that we need. Father, I don't know hearts tonight. There might be someone here tonight that has never come to the truth of salvation. Father, may they be saved tonight. For believers, maybe there's someone who needs to do business with You tonight. Maybe there's a believer who needs to amend some ways tonight. Father, may You help them to do so. We'll thank You for it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, heads bowed and eyes closed. Miss Pam's at the piano tonight. Invitation's given. If you need to come, come. By the way, if the Holy Spirit's dealt with your heart tonight, if the Scriptures have convicted tonight, why don't you step out and whether it's coming down to this platform, whether it's coming down to one of these front pews, maybe it's just stepping out into the aisle, but leave where you're at. And step out and make an altar somewhere between where you're standing right now and the front of this auditorium and just pray to ask the Lord to help. Maybe you need to amend some ways tonight. Maybe you need to be armed with God's Word a little bit better tonight. Maybe you need to be a little more keenly aware of the wrath of God. Maybe God is burning into your heart recently that, hey, people are dying and going to hell and they'll go there without us. If we don't tell them If we're not the watchmen on the wall, that blood's going to be on our hands. But the Bible says the Apostle Paul, he was pure from the blood of all men. A soldier of truth. Truth is fallen in the street, the Bible says. God help us that that would never or could never be said of us as a church, as a family, as an individual, that truth has fallen in the street. That truth has perished because we have an army of soldiers, soldiers who are committed to the truth of God's Word.